Circuit Cast with your host, Mark Amory. No my hearty my listeners, welcome to Circuit Cast for some discussion on moving image and art from Aotearoa and beyond. Well, this month's pod is a circuit symposium special, dum de doo with interviews with two key people involved in the symposium. It's entitled Locating the Practice, Exhibiting Artists Moving Image, and it's in Auckland, August 15 and 16. Well, that plug over, these are rather interesting people in their own right. They are recently appointed director of the Govett Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre in New Plymouth, Simon Rees, who's returning to New Zealand after 10 years working in museums in Europe, and assistant curator of film at the Tate in London, George Clark, who's leading the symposium program. First up on the blower is George, who, as we speak, is en route to New Zealand in Hong Kong. Kia ora, George. How's Hong Kong? Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. You know, I'm here on the way to New Zealand and thought it'd be good to stop off and uh, catch up on some research that I've been doing uh, over the last few years. Actually, uh, research I started um, with the Bangkok uh, Experimental Film Festival, which is actually where I um, worked with uh, Mark Williams from Circuit. And we were part of a group of curators looking the, across the region at the histories of our film videos. So I'm here now in... Uh, uh, Hong Kong Film Archive, uh, looking into work particularly from the 60s and 70s. Ah, fantastic. I know you've recently curated a Tate survey show of artists, film and video in Britain from the last five years. I was kind of interested to ask you, George, what changes you see that have occurred sort of over that period or longer and how or where Moving Image Works located? I think really in some ways the kind of idea of uh, how we locate practice is uh, appropriate to be understood in various different ways. So I guess one way is how we think of how we maybe locate it in terms of the various definitions and various histories that have existed. For me, it's very important that when we talk about moving image practice now, we're talking about many different areas of activity and many different histories. But I think we can now start to see connections between them. So what I mean by that would be histories of experimental films, histories of avant-garde film practice, histories of video art, histories of kind of media art, and also, you know, importantly, I guess, uh, histories of things, areas of practice such as the essay film, also certain aspects of ethnographic film practice. So I think when we think of uh, moving image now, we also need to think of it in this broader spectrum. Yeah. And then I guess the second question located would be actually, where are the sites in which we encounter this work now? And I think similarly, there's a kind of whole history of screening spaces, of artist-run uh, cinematech of filmmakers' cooperatives, as well as many galleries, uh, museums, and also cinematheques, and different varieties of cinema and what that actually what actually constitutes a cinema that also takes place. So I think the workshop is really trying to look at how these two different kind of definitions of where we what the work actually is and how we can start to understand and locate that in a kind of historical framework, and then also how we can understand that in terms of different exhibition histories and how they relate to the current position, which in some ways we have access to many of these different histories in parallel and different modes of exhibition and uh, encounter with this work. So what can we expect from the uh, structure of the symposium day, George? Really, in some ways, uh, it'll kind of start to kind of sketch out different approaches and kind of contemporary approaches to kind of understanding the definition of what artists moving image might be and might mean now. So it'll start to kind of frame some of these questions to look at and then kind of go into more depth to look at particular examples, uh, particular case studies, and we'll have various guests, people across New Zealand who've been working in 
variety of different contexts to come from a kind of theoretical discussion around how we might kind of understand and approach this area to then see how people in practice, curators, um, artists working at a variety of spaces from kind of artist-run spaces to museums or archives start to locate the practice in the particular kind of context in which they work uh, across New Zealand and also internationally. Right. Um, so we'll have various artists throughout the day who also present their work and also discuss how they themselves locate their practice. Hey, now things kick, up, kick off on the Friday night with a screening that's open to the public at the Academy Cinema in Auckland of a programme of films by French artist Camille Henreau. And um, yeah. I understand um, Gross Fatigue is included, which nailed at the Silver Lion at last year's Venice Biennale for Promising Young Artist. Um, the, uh, the film looks fascinating, you know, attempting to tell the story of the universe's creation using Google search. It was made as, during a residency at the Smithsonian Institute uh, in Washington, D.C., and so it really takes a reflection on the kind of history of the structures, the kind of categorization, the taxonomies of the natural history of different species, and then applies that to different types of images, different sources of images, and different kind of registers of images. But it then starts to try and invent a new taxonomy to relate those together, uh, and also to kind of embed them. So it's a kind of very kind of informed, very expansive work. Uh, really trying to deal with the kind of expansive information that we encounter now in the kind of a post-internet age and really trying to understand our own position, our own physicality, our own bodies, our own corporal experience of the world, our own haptic experience of the world within this kind of stream of uh, information, of images, of sensations. Kind of really looks at this idea of how it means to encounter an object within a gallery or within a museum. Ah, But she's very interested in... Uh, that legacy, um, the meanings that are applied by ethnographers to certain objects and cultures, how we respond to that history and how we respond to the post-colonial context. Mm. Well, speaking of that, I also understand the Henro program includes a film shot here in the Pacific in Vanuatu called uh, Coup de Cal. I wonder if you could tell us about that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, Gross Fatigue was a really breakthrough film for her, but Camille's been making work for a long time. Coup de Cal is one of her earlier earliest films and is very much interested in sort of cultural rupture that kind of comes from the legacy of the sort of colonial period. Was shot in Vanuatu and follows this initiation ceremony kind of a sort of bungee jump leap with kind of vine leaves. But then it's very interested in the the sort of cultural conflict or in terms of the how much of this is still a kind of local tradition and how much of it has become a kind of demonstration for visitors. That's a very relevant theme here, the whole theme, and particularly with the young Pacific Island artists around the whole, whole issue around authenticity. Um, yeah. Prior to your visit, your invitation to visit here, George, I wondered if you'd heard of many New Zealand works or artists. You know, being based in the UK, most of the artists I had heard of were more historical artists and artists who had a relationship to the UK. So particularly in the area of moving image practice, the key name is really Len Lai. You know, had a massive impact in the UK, kind of really founded kind of principles and areas of practice within artist practice. And then the other person who's, I guess, similar sort of pioneer would be uh, Darcy Lang, who's a video artist who's very, very distinct yeah. within the environment of video art in the UK in the 70s. I'm very much looking forward to the trip now to kind of meet younger generation of mm. artists and kind of more diverse. Uh, range of practitioners. What, what are you hoping to see, if that's not too difficult a question? I'm very interested in the tradition of artist-run spaces there, 
So looking forward to seeing what's happening at uh, Art Space as well as other places um, like Gloria Knight. And also just meeting a variety of artists, many of whom Mark works with through Circuit. Um, and just getting a chance to kind of spend time with them to find out about how they understand their practice. I'm very interested in the connection between New Zealand and the Asia-Pacific region. Yeah. And really how that's also kind of mapped out. So it's very interesting to be coming to New Zealand after Hong Kong and meeting various artists here and seeing various shows. I'm very interested in seeing those connections rather than trying to interpret all of that work just through European context. Yeah, certainly, George, there isn't a lot of New Zealand art generally represented in, as I understand, the collections or exhibitions of the European institutions like the Tate. I'm wondering if you see that there might be a point that, that might change in, 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 in regards to the whole Pacific region generally. At Tate, um, in recent years, uh, one of the ambitions is develop a global collection um, and obviously that's you know has various uh, problems as a kind of problematic or uh, difficult history in terms of how we understand our definitions of what international art might be what global art might be one of the ways that kind of Tate has thought to kind of approach that is to develop different regional strategies that particularly around kind of collection but also to kind of built around research and so one of the key areas that's been developed in recent years has been the strategy for Asia-Pacific region. So New Zealand and all the Pacific uh, cultures and communities are part of that as well as Asia. And after this trip, you know, I'll be feeding back on my research and then we'll be starting to develop and think about how we can start to approach the region in different sort of ways. In addition to that, we also have various um, adjunct curators who would also be based within the region who would then kind of feed back and inform our research. Hey George, in New Zealand a lot of artists feel there's still quite a lot of institutional reluctance to collect moving image works. I mean maybe yeah. there's still a concern about how it, you know, it's, it's ease that it might be reproduced for example. I mean how are institutions in Europe handling, handling this? I think it's fair to say the last 10 years have seen a significant shift in museums' approach to the moving image work. Also I think it's fair to say also distinct shift in terms of the commercial sector has really enabled and kind of come up with strategies that can kind of appease collections that they can be assured that what they're collecting is a unique or authoritative object and often this you know came through the kind of legacy of editioning work which has a problematic history but I think it's also very important that when a work is editioned say there's then five copies of it that also then uh, bestows a certain sense of stewardship to that work I think that's really crucial um, shift that you know, museums such as Tate, the Pompidou or MoMA, to really take the stewardship of this work seriously. So when we collect work, we always collect master materials. We always collect and document extensively any installation-based work and film videos. Obviously, one of the concerns historically was people weren't sure what they were collecting. They maybe just buy a print that would have a limited lifespan or buy a video. They're not sure if they could even play anymore. Yeah. I think the kind of technology and the kind of uh, culture around the collection of moving images to really move forward. So I don't think there's really an excuse anymore for museums not to be involved, and particularly seeing how central moving image images are now to uh, contemporary art practice. Yeah. You've got Duncan Campbell's It For Others, which is a Turner Prize finalist. I think it's part of the symposium programme. Yeah. Um, I mean, having um, moving image works like that in the Turner Prize, is that uh, something that's helping change the status of moving image work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a real barometer in the UK. Within, you know, the last 
few years, most of the winners have been installation-based artists working with film video. So Laura Provost, uh, Elizabeth Price, uh, and I guess kind of earlier on, you know, Kakia, the participants such as Steve McQueen and Dr. Dean kind of really set the precedent that this is an area of practice that can't be ignored. The art world seems to be taking much more of a shine to the work of feature filmmakers uh, these days also, you know, Jean-Luc Godard and so forth. I mean, are we seeing the, uh, those sorts of filmmakers come into art, the frame of art history now? Yeah, it's an interesting um, shift. I think really, you know, the institution of cinema is going through massive changes. And their monopoly on the moving image is completely, you know, I think it's fair to say it's broken or opened up with depending on uh, how you perceive that. It's harder and harder for certain critical artists to produce work within the kind of domain of a feature film. But also there's an increasing interest from areas of visual art to intervene into those sectors. So I think what we're having, what we're seeing at the moment is much more overlap, much more dialogue between these two areas. And really I don't think what's happening now is new, but I think really the history of cinema has been completely connected and in dialogue with the visual arts. I think one of the problems is the way it's been historicized has maybe enforced the kind of separation. So I think in some ways maybe we're returning to a more fruitful period with kind of overlap, blurring um, of the boundaries between these areas of practice. And I think really we're also kind of shifting to a kind of conception of art that really takes into account a broader framework of visual culture in general. Yes. And within that, cinema can't be ignored. You know, the example of Jean-Luc Godard is really interesting because he famously, you know, had this uh, very controversial exhibition at the Pompidou in uh, 2006 where he was invited to do an exhibition and was seen to be this key moment of the museum acknowledging and kind of bringing into this kind of a sacred uh, exhibition space as a filmmaker who's previously the work had only shown in the cinema. But Goddard, as a very critical artist, also came up with a very provocative proposal of what to do, really seeking to kind of attack the museum and also attack what he saw in part maybe as their appropriation of his legacy and his practice mm. without really kind of understanding it. So I think it's kind of fascinating case study, that exhibition. Um, and there's recently been a documentary film made around the legacy of that. Uh, that kind of really opens up some of these kind of questions or the problems or difficulties really of uh, what it means to present a certain type of filmmaker within a museum and also the challenges how the museum also has to change in order to really present that work effectively. Yeah, those are interesting challenges for us here in New Zealand and um, thanks George, I think that's uh, setting things up for a really interesting conversation when you're here. We're looking forward to seeing you here in New Zealand. Great, thanks so much. Good to speak to you. Thank you. You're on CircuitCast, and in part two of this month's programme, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to Simon Rees, new director of Govett Brewster and Len Lai Centre. Rees was the head of programming and development at MAC, the Austrian Museum of Applied Arts and Contemporary Arts, and previously, among other things, was head of exhibitions at the Contemporary Arts Centre in Vilnius, Lithuania. But previous to that, Rees was curator of contemporary art at the Govett Brewster here in Aotearoa from 2002 to 2004. Well, Simon, welcome home. I know you've been Thank in the hot you. seat uh, since February. Um, 
but it's 10 years that you've had in Europe. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you a big question first, which was, I guess, returning to the arts uh, in New Zealand, what you feel has most evidently changed? What's most apparently changed here? I believe that sets of conservatism have crept into some of the values around contemporary art. Um, reflected in the way that so much conversation about the artwork is dominated by the market. Uh You know, the dollar sign appears in very many articles um, around contemporary art. Are you talking the mainstream media or also around the sort of arts? No, in the mainstream media. Yeah, mainstream media. But also there's more and more conversations around the word patron. Mm-hmm. you know, around um, values aligned to fundraising and paying for things. Right. Um, as a reflection of the fact that um, different governance structures are placing higher demands on institutions to um, raise money outside the scope of their principal denomination. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. I certainly work in that framework here, it's just making sure that your core values are independent of the values around that revenue raising. Yes, and interestingly, and I, you, you'd still be fundraising there, uh, in a sense, crowdfunding for the Len Lye Centre, wouldn't you? Um, happily, our capital project um, target has been achieved. So that's a big um, clap on the back for all of the people um, involved in that. Um, but we do have to to make sure we have all the resources available to us financially to make the best program we possibly can inside the Lie Centre and the relaunched Govett Brewster keep on raising funds. We are a collecting institution, so that's an important part of that, you know, to keep on growing the collection. Well, speaking of collecting, is that conservatism you're talking about reflected in the sort of work that's being made in any way, do you think? Um... That's always going to be a yes-no question. Ah. You know, I think um, the art runs in front of the market. So I think people make up their own mind around the artwork. I don't necessarily think that artists make to order. So you We do know internationally that Jeff Koons, Murakami, you know, um, Damien Hirst do deliver consumables. You know, at that level, there are a set of artists working in that way, but, but on, an, on a case-by-case basis, I think people collectively make up their minds around an idea more than an artist goes and looks for that sort of audience. So does the scene here seem more conservative to you than when you left? Or I, No, I, I mean, the, the, the cities themselves have changed. The situation of the institutions inside those city frameworks are a bit different art space on key street in auckland when i first started engaging with it that was a cowboy part of town yes and art space embodied itself around niche audiences so all sorts of stuff happened as, as an extension of that migration to the post office building on Kranga happy road was a very good move and it has kept up a high degree of um, experimentalism in its program, but K Road has changed to a great extent. Mm. You know, so it's it's relation to social infrastructures or people who might um, walk through the door is a bit different.
you know some of what I'm talking about is about social changes around um, food, coffee, wine, cool things to do or to be seen at. You know, there was always an element of that around contemporary art, but I think it's been captured by that sort of social space. Yeah, interesting. Hey, back to the Govett Brewster, Simon. Have we got a date yet for the reopening? Look, a bunch of that um, hinges on a prime ministerial calendar. Ah. Uh, because there's an election. Essentially, there is nobody we can invite to open the building. Oh, that's one factor? One, okay. That's one factor. We know it's mid-next year. All right. Well, getting past the political shenanigans yeah. the juice, well, I guess, much, yeah. what are you going to be showing when you reopen? I guess that's um, what everyone wants to know. Well, the Len Lai exhibition, there will be um, some new large-scale sculpture which Len always had uh, sketches and plans for, had proved via making um, versions on the scale he was able to at the time he was alive, um, which is the point of the gallery with the nine-metre stud called the Large Works Gallery. Um, We have a 62-seat cinema in the new building, so working with the New Zealand Film Archive, there will be um, new prints on 60-millimetre film, of um, Len Lai's GPO unit films, so the cluster of films he, he made for the uh, um, General Post Office in Britain when he was head of their film unit. Upstairs in the Len Lai Gallery, as it's called, there will be a selection of interrelated works, photograms, batik, painting, and sculpture, and some moving image, you know, showing principal motifs and in their interrelation and will include the important painting by Lai in the Te Papa collection. Hasn't been shown in New Plymouth before. And the beautiful bust of Lai by the Sydney artist Rainer Hoff from the short period of time that, that Lai lived in Sydney, coming from the Art Gallery of New South Wales collection. Hey Simon, you, you're talking at the Circuit Symposium about the Jonas Mikas Visual Arts Centre yep. in Vilnius, where you worked. Um, yeah. And I guess like the Len Lai Centre, it's founded in the name of an older moving image practitioner. Yep. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that centre? Well, um, it, it's, a, it's a longer and, and more expanded story where he's known as the president of Fluxus or one of the co-founders of Fluxus, George Machunas, was also Lithuanian just like Jonas. Um, So when Machunas died, he gave a high proportion of his important personal Fluxus collection to Jonas. Um, And Jonas always wanted a home for these objects. He also wanted a home to embody his spirit and his own output as an experimental filmmaker in the country which he came from, which is Lithuania. He's actually from a small country town there, Berche, but uh, Vilnius being the capital. So the city of Vilnius, in collaboration with the Guggenheim Foundation, acquired the Jonas's personal collection and have gone about a project to build a proper operating home for it, mm. which is the Jonas Marcus Visual Arts Centre. Well, what I yeah. get from a quick visit their website is a sense yeah. of a, a living centre for contemporary artists as well. So I'm kind of interested in what the balance there between 
his work in contemporary work is and, and also what you'd like to achieve at the yeah. Gavit Brewster Lend Life Centre in that yes, way? Yes, there, there, there is um, a clause in the deed of gift and in all of um, Jonas's language that he did not want this to be a mausoleum for his own work if, in fact, um, his name could help animate opportunities for Lithuanian artists to be shown in a different context. And um, recognizing the relative impover- impoverishment of Lithuania, all of the countries coming out of the Soviet Union have struggled to find their feet for different reasons. So he realized that the resources going into his museum could also be extended to a younger generation of artists. In terms of lie, we are going to be doing a great deal of work contextualizing Len Lai's work within the contemporary. The cinema has a very important role to play in that, whereby if we become a home for artist-made moving image that taps us into you know, one of the dominant trends in contemporary art making in the last uh, 20 years, which is video. Also, we're going to do things like the second exhibition after we open is called Emanations, A History of Cameraless Photography, which we've commissioned Professor Jeffrey Batchin to curate. The starting point of that is Lai's photograms, but Lai, whose photograms were included in the first um, surrealist exhibition in London in 1929, has natural peers within that modern period, so um, Jeffrey is arranging a show which is roughly one-third historical, meaning 19th century, one-third modern, meaning Len Lai and his peers, and then one-third contemporary to look at images made um, without ca- photographic images made without cameras today, such as uh, Christian Markley's amazing cyanotypes, um, the recent work um, shown in Los Angeles by Thomas Roof, um, and so on and so forth. Right, okay. Yeah. And, and that also opens up in the cinema program the chance for us to do a cameraless film program. You know, um, all sorts of direct animation, direct painting to film, such as Stan Brackage and so on and so forth. So the Gavit Brewster, there's historically been a, a real leading role taken by the gallery um, in sort of both surveying New Zealand contemporary practice, but also, I guess, showcasing international practice, particularly yeah. with that kind of Pacific Rim connection. Um, yeah. Uh, you've got a big new centre to open, obviously. Uh, 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 can we expect the focus of the gallery to remain the same? Yes, I, in fact, um, I mean, I'm going to work on that in a dedicated way um, so that things which have yet to have been achieved around that focus are brought into frame. There hasn't been a major survey of Vancouver in the Gavit Brewster programme until now, so you'll see a Vancouver project. British Columbia having been linked in history to New Zealand because Cook went there on his final voyage, for instance. The first interview with uh, founding director John Maynard, he mentions the word Mexico. There's never been a major exhibition of uh, the art of Central and South America on the Pacific Coast, so that will be coming um, in the future as well. I'm happy to say that the first major solo exhibition in our program, which is in mid-2016, is by one of our dearest 
Taranaki artists, Michael Stevenson, Aha. Well, we're... who has not had a major solo exhibition in this country since City Gallery in the mid-90s. Simon, what are you hoping personally to be able to bring to the Gavit Brewster? I guess to bring a slightly different sensibility around the artwork and its narrative drivers, to re-inject, I hope, a sense of social and political criticality into the stories told around the art, and to do some compare and contrast work around that. I think there are lots of very related late modernities around the world, and we could tell stories about art here versus those in a slightly different way. The 2018 program is going to be looking at the end of World War I, and the Anzac is burnt bright onto our frontal lobes at the moment. Mm -hmm. This is looking at it in a slightly different way. The cessation of World War I in 1918 marked the birth of a new Europe settled around Versailles and Trianon, and it's the centennial. And that means it's the centenary of the first republics of uh, Finland, Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, Poland, and Czechoslovakia, as it was then called. And it also marked a new wave of central and northern European immigration to New Zealand, uh, yes. which transformed our relationship to modernism here. But I want to tell a story about current contemporary art from all of those places, marking a centennial of a new chapter in New Zealand history versus a centennial in their histories. Switching that around, Simon, what's the presence of New Zealand artists abroad in the places you've been working, particularly in that area? Well, it's, it's under known in New Zealand. Um, I was co-commissioned by the National Gallery of Poland and in 2006 um, curated with Magda Kardash, their curator of international art, made a show called High Tides, New Currents in Art from Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> Why don't we hear about that? It was the largest grant given by CNZ and the Australia Council in that year. <laughs> but because they weren't projects generated out of Creative New Zealand or out of the Australia Council, they weren't really taken on. Um, and because by the time that show had happened, I'd already been living and working in Vilnius at the CAC, the show toured to the CAC. It had 32 artists in it um, at the um, exhibition in Warsaw. We were able to produce 12 new works with artists. And that show then went on half a year later to the CAC in Vilnius, and we were able to make 16 new works with artists who travelled there. And, and happily, I was able to include New Zealand and Australian art in exhibitions in the National Gallery of Estonia, in a project in Latvia, another project in Poland, and um, in two projects at my last job at um, MAC in Vienna. Hey, Simon, I was kind of interested and in, piqued my interest in terms of your, your experiences in Europe as to what, what you think maybe our art museums and galleries and their sort of style or their approach might lack or, or we haven't got compared to what you've seen. I mean, what, what are the sort of areas they can grow in? Working with much younger artists. Okay. There are easy ways of carving out singular 
small to medium-sized spaces within, within inside large buildings and giving them over to a much younger band of artists. I mean, I mean, the City Gallery has always had the Hirschfeld, but I actually see no reason why that can't happen at Papa, it can't happen at other institutions around the country. Um, a higher degree of externally curated projects. I mean, one way to take New Zealand abroad is to get international artists, uh, curators, to come here and bring projects in. Mm. They tend to be reserved for sort of benchmark or headline act exhibitions. Yes. There's no reason why you can't get somebody for a 150-square-meter show. Yeah. Two artists, three artists, but you still fly the curator in and you're still only getting them up and down the country, you know? Yeah, well, hopefully we can shake things up a bit, eh? Um, well, we, we touch yeah. wood. I mean, that has been the reserve of art space or um, the physics room all these years, but, but it's something which could actually be enabled by the larger institutions also. Mm. Yeah. That, that's one main thing. Yeah. One final question, Simon. I was, I was interested, yeah, I mean, you have a strong history of establishing magazines in, yep. in your position and being involved in publishing. Um, I was kind of interested in whether you think art magazine publishing is still important in New Zealand versus our sort of emphasis on appearing in established magazines internationally. We are launching a new magazine. Um, I hope to have the first issue out around Easter of next year, looking at my workflow and schedule. <laughs> That's the practical date. Um, I hope to be making an appointment called a curator of publications in the next several months as, as we develop around that. Um, I have spoken to people uh, about this, including within my own organisation, so I'm not dropping a bomb there. I want the magazine to be called Here, um, with a ghosted T somehow in the design, sort of here, there, you right, know, yes. which talks about the issue of transporting um, the message about art via text and pictures. And, and you know, I, I'm hoping to secure a publishing partnership around that and to get a magazine out and about again um, with a new voice. Um, and also making a sort of more codified place for younger writers to have a crack in. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by some of the, you know, left of centre, left of field publishing, which I have seen mm. since arriving, and things like White Fungus used to turn up on my desk, you know, in Europe. Yeah. But there's not always been the vehicle to take writers to the next step, yeah. and maybe what we publish could be that sort of vehicle. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Simon, hey, yeah. thank you for sharing um, some of your thoughts and ideas going forward. Uh, all power to you there in, in New Plymouth. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope to see you soon. Kia ora. And that wraps up CircuitCast for another month. This pod was brought to you by circuit.org.nz with the assistance of Creative New Zealand and music by Orchestra of Spheres. We'll be back with you next month. Are they that?